What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the Full 90 Podcast. Today is part two with Luke, and we basically talk about his financial journey through football. Um, We first started off talking about his contract in the USL, uh, the facilities of being under an umbrella uh, MLS team, and then, uh, yeah, we talk about Germany. We talk about what a contract kind of looks like there, a typical one, if you will. uh, we kind of compare both of his clubs and we compare both the clubs in Germany to kind of the U.S. Uh, structure and facilities. Uh, and then Luke shares some brilliant advice on, uh, you know, betting on yourself. And then uh, we also talk about kind of avoiding the rat race where you're focused on what your teammates are earning or even your friends who maybe are in the corporate world are earning and not getting caught up in that Uh, Then we talk about the balance of spending versus saving for the future and how we kind of live in the moment. So, yeah, this is a really fun episode. Luke Luke has a lot to say about it, and I I really enjoyed it. So if you are enjoying the show, just please be sure to leave us a rating and review on whatever uh, platform you're listening on uh, and pass us off to a friend, teammate, colleague, or an aspiring footballer. Without any further ado, here is Luke and I. everybody welcome back to part two with Luke uh, now we're gonna talk a little bit about his financial journey through football um, and just talk about his contracts in the US and in Germany and what those kind of looked like uh, along with hopefully comparing some some club resources um, yeah so yeah if you can just talk to us about your your first contract with Red Bull what that structurally kind of looked like yeah, so my first contract at Red Bull was a one plus one. Uh, they did not pick up my option. Uh, it was like a standard USL um, second team contract at the time. There was this was obviously before the um, players' union, so I think yeah. you know I think that I was around like seven hundred and fifty dollars every two weeks. So um, luckily, like I did have housing covered, um, yeah. but there were no bonuses in the contract, you know, so um, it was absolutely tight. Um, but, you know, that's that's part of like trying to pay the dream um, yeah, a little bit. You know, the first contract, you got to kind of yeah. get some shit, to be honest. Uh, yeah. Uh, so... <laughs> Yeah. So were you, was this contract, uh, was it paid like through the end of the year or just towards the, to the end of the season? Uh, it was paid through the end of the year, end of the year. So for me, I was a bit lucky because my contract got like, mine was like the duration of the season, but I had signed so late where they tacked on the extra months for me. If that makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, I was a bit lucky makes, in that respect. Yeah. That yeah. Um, okay. So can you obviously with Red Bull and uh, under an MLS team, were you guys in the same facilities as uh, as the first team? Yeah. Can you just yeah. talk about what that was like? Yeah, man. I mean, the facilities were obviously like 
the second team had a field and the first team had a field and they treated them the exact same. So both were grass, both, both got watered every day before practice. So, you know, facilities wise, it was, it was fantastic. You know, they've made Red Bull specifically have um, released plans for a new training facility um, and on the same spot, uh, plot of land, I think. And it looks like a normal MLS training facility these days. I have to say that when I was there, it was a little bit um, outdated, but was still very nice and had everything you need. But by today's standards, one would say that it's a little bit. And the upgrade for them is great. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We're going to uh, look towards Germany now. Um, mm-hmm. So your first contract in the in the fourth league, uh, I mm-hmm. can't remember the team name. You're, you're going to have to. Nordhausen. Um, Nordhausen, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, can you kind of talk us through how this contract looks structurally like a, a typical contract in Germany, if you will? Yeah, man. This one um, was a little bit more than double what I was making in, in Red Bull. And then at the time in, in Nordhausen, we were getting 500 euros per point. Um. And then had other bonuses structured around a little bit, um, like of, of special games or rivalry games or cup games or um, whatever, whatever the case may be. Um, and that was oh, interesting, y- you know. And the the cost of living over in Germany is so cheap. My apartment was paid for. Um, I didn't need a car because I could ride a bike or walk to training. That's how close I was. The city was so small. Um, and yeah, so that was, that was, that was really good. Yeah. Okay. Were you, and, was it paid just, uh, once a month, right? At the end of the month? Yeah. So once a month we got paid the 15th, I think. Um, I think that that's kind of standard in, in East Germany is to get paid on the 15th. Yeah. So in the middle of every month, more or less. Okay. Um, but yeah. You know, and then the club and the club ended up yeah. going bankrupt. But thankfully, like I like I said, the German government kicked in three months um, back paid, so I got all all that money and all the bonuses that that I was missing. Um, and then when COVID happened, and I had signed that new contract for the um, for the second half of the season, um, because after the bankruptcy, yeah. that contract was null and void, and then. I designed a new one, and then I got back paid uh, okay. again uh, for that. So I was I was pretty lucky in my situation during COVID. Interesting. How how was it going from being paid twice a month to once a month? Uh, you, you know, it was okay. You're spending it. No, it was you know it was obviously way more money than I had previously been making. So. And there were no real dire changes to my to my lifestyle, um, yeah. And so it wasn't it wasn't a massive difference, um, not not one that I can outright say, oh, this was a big change. Where it really was yeah. not. Yeah. Okay. Um, so can we we talk about the the club resources? Like how you know going from. MLS resources and college like facilities and everything. Um, mm-hmm. What did the facilities look like in the in the fourth tier of Germany? Uh, it depends on the club. Some club, some smaller clubs are you could 
compare to like a recreational sort of facility. Um, luckily, the clubs that I w- was at, were at were men were were fantastic. Were everything you need was there. Um, Nordhausen was a little bit smaller than Yena, but the training facility okay. in Nordhausen was brand new. They had built a brand new training facility, and it was MLS quality, watered every day, and was was pretty okay. was pretty professional. Um, and Yena, Yena is a proper club with full youth, um, second team, first team, uh, women's team, and that was like more what you would. It was still older than an MLS that up obviously because it's it's Europe and just naturally things are older and have a little bit more tradition to them um of course right but you know there were still probably 10 fields on on 10 training fields first team had two um then we had a nice turf field and now you can get on Instagram and see that they're building a 15,000 seat stadium that's top top class yeah fantastic okay uh so was this is fourth tier considered like full time? Would the Germans call it full time football? Yeah, uh, this is a big debate in in German football right now. Um, yeah, because there are a lot of teams in the fourth division that have the infrastructure, have the fans, have the everything that you need to, and and are fully, fully, fully professional. Um, yeah, but there are some clubs that just don't you know, that still play in the fourth division. So I don't know if they'll make like the fourth division fully professional and only have professional teams there and then kind of like do more of like an English type setup. Um, yeah. Or they'll just keep it the way it is because right now there are five separate regions. And um, oh, the, okay. pro- yeah. And so like the promotion relegation system is a little bit tricky, but um yeah, it's it's yeah, but there are a lot of clubs in the fourth division that have played in freaking Champions League, Europa League, yeah, you know, Bundesliga, second Bundesliga that have just been riddled with financial problems or whatever the case may be, and have found themselves in the fourth division trying to work their way back up. Interesting. So you guys trained in the morning or in the afternoon? Uh, we trained in the morning in Indiana in my first season. And then in the second season, we trained more in the afternoon. And then occasionally, like, it's pretty it's pretty normal for a German team to train twice a day, at least once a week. German mentality, baby. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Love it. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm only curious because... Uh, you know, in Denmark, my team went from the first year being full-time training in the mornings to then right. the second year being part-time, you know, and, and training in the afternoons. So, uh, you know, always curious how other countries yeah. and, and leagues and teams do it. So, yeah, man. Um, yeah, we don't really have to get into the Yenna the contract, obviously, mm-hmm. um, you know, because we, we spoke about the, the basic German contract, if you yeah. will, in the, in the fourth tier. Um, so, yeah, the... Kind of the next question is just asking you about your personal like money, uh, your personal yeah. finances, like how you manage your money. Are you living paycheck to paycheck, or are you are you you know keen on investing and in, in saving that money? 
yeah, I, I am big into um, in investing and saving. Um, I gotta say that most of the money that I have that I had in Germany, I put into my Roth IRA. Um, and that, that yeah, that. yeah. So that's where most of my money went. Um, as of right now, you know, I'm I'm living normally. Like I had some money saved over from. Germany, and then I worked some odd end coaching stuff while I was home uh, before I came to Vegas. So yeah, this this year I've kind of like blocked out to be like, okay, you're gonna you're gonna kind of like enjoy because I in Germany when I was there that last year, like just socially was so difficult. Um, yeah, on me and the team dynamic just wasn't like somewhere that I could say, okay, like I'm. I'm enjoying myself and growing as as a person. There is so much toxicity, I, I have to say, um, yeah. during that during that time. So this year, I've kind of said, you know, like I'm gonna kind of ease off the gas pedal about saving, 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 and and yeah. maybe lean a little bit more towards enjoying um, my lifestyle and taking advantage of living back in the United States and seeing people that I. Yeah haven't seen in a long time in myths and, and, you know, that's so far that's been good. And I think that you can, you can also save a little bit money and do that. You know, um, I think that yeah. not everything has to be over the top yeah, lavish I mean, where you can chick. Go ahead. Of course. No, sorry. I was just going to say, you know, I love to hear, you know, footballers who are keeping their money and, uh, you know, and I struggle with this as well. Like the, mm -hmm the saving for the future versus kind of enjoying life at the minute, you know, so mm -hmm. I, can, it's I can understand that struggle. Man, it's tough. You know, it's, it's, of course it's a balance, you know? Yeah. Everything going on in our world today, like there's more pressure than, than ever. And so sometimes like, I don't know, taking that European mentality about enjoying the little things and trying to, um, be in the moment as much as possible. And I think, you know, that I think that people in this sport are always looking for the next best thing, um, trying to find the next contract. And like one thing that's really helped me here is is our coach kind of putting us in the moment. And I think like playing wise, that's helped me immensely. And I think that's why like playing wise and team wise, you'll see us do really well this season is because of that sort of push to be in the moment, train in the moment, train, um, not just for the future, but train for today. And that's been yeah. one of the things that's really um, helped me. And, and one thing that stands out in my mind that I've really enjoyed so far about being in Vegas. That's nice. Yeah. I'm, I did kind of, you know, I, I do want to backtrack a little, mm -hmm. um, obviously with like the players union in the USL, yeah. um, has the, has like the wage structure gotten better since you left? Yeah, absolutely. There's more security for players, I think. And the players union does a fantastic job of, of making sure that, um, making sure that the players are, are fully taken care of. You know, in the old school USL, sometimes guys would play for no money contracts, and that's that 
You know, that if, as long as the game wants to continue to grow in this country, you have to make it as professional as possible and you have to make it a win-win for everybody, you know, and there are still some things that I think that could be, could be changed. And in my opinion, I would, I would put next on the docket to change, but yeah. you know, regardless the clubs and the, and the league are trying to take steps in the right direction. And as long as you see that they're trying, then I think people are much more keen to give a lot of leeway, you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Of course. Um, well, if you have, uh, yeah, if you got any, any money advice for like an aspiring footballer who's, you know, having to maybe, I guess it's probably gonna be the same, right? Bet on yourself with the, yeah, yeah, bet, just gamble in a way. No, don't do that. Um, (laughs) don't, don't, do not mean gamble on your own game. Yes, yes, yes. No, one thing that I would probably say is to, not get in the the rat race of competing with players that maybe make more than you, like with the clothes and the and the yeah. shopping and going out to dinner all the time. You know, like make make sure that that's like a treat and don't get into the habit of just falling into that rat race because at the end of the day, it's just not not worth it. Yeah, uh, I'm actually I love that point, but I'm gonna expand on that a little. Yeah. Bit. Um, Especially like as an American overseas whose mm-hmm. friends are all working office jobs and who are maybe climbing their way through the business world. Don't compare yourself in, in that rat race yeah. at all because you're Hard. very different stages of your life. And it's it's easy to hear that some of your friends are making, you know, six figures at their job. But yeah. you got to remember you're chasing your passion. Right. That's true. That's true. Yeah, well, uh, I've really enjoyed this episode, yeah, and uh, thanks for joining us. Yeah, man, and, uh, thank you so much. These, these intimate details. Yeah, I appreciate um, it. Whenever you want to have me back, please feel free to ask because yeah, I definitely will. We'll do a, we'll do an update this season yeah. after uh, after you score some bangers, <laughs> some more bangers. <laughs> yeah, let's hope. Let's hope. We need that. We need that. We need wins. I'll trade away goals and assists for wins. I love to hear that. Love to hear that, team player. (laughs) All right. Thanks, man. Yeah, appreciate it. If you made it this far, I just want to thank you. I just know I appreciate each and every listener. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this particular show and this particular guest. Uh, If you're enjoying the show as a whole, I just ask you to leave a rating and review on whatever platform you're listening to, uh, and then be sure to pass this on to a friend, colleague, teammate, uh, or an aspiring footballer that you may know. Uh, And again, I just want to thank you for listening to the Full 90 Podcast.